energetically, summer solstice is a lot like the full moon, a peak moment of illumination and a clear turning point into the waning, dark phase of an ongoing cycle. Because the solar cycle is much slower than the lunar cycle, we have more time to make the most of this expansive energy. Hello, welcome to episode number 13 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. Today, on the summer solstice, it definitely feels like the summer Solstice. I am literally recording this on the first day of summer, the longest day of the year. And I'm doing this for those of you who like to do a little mid-year planning session. This is going to be a planner nerd thing. And as a thank you to my patrons, especially those who participated in the making of this special edition of The Brave. The Brave is a tier that I used to have. I no longer make content for The Brave tier, but I used to have a tier on Patreon called The Brave in which every month there would be a topic and I would do a long podcast on that topic and then it would include a survey and they would fill out the survey and then the following episode would be like a Q&A style thing with me reading their comments and questions and then adding my own little goofy two cents to that. And I kind of miss it. I haven't done it in a few months. I ended that tier a few months ago, but we actually did 90 episodes together. I'm very proud of that. There will always be a special place in my heart for the brave because it was such a special, fun experience. And so I thought it will be a special, fun experience to bring it back for the solstice and to share it with you all. So that's what we're going to do here. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who supports the podcast over on Patreon. This is for you, my friends. This is for you. And I hope everybody enjoys it. We're going to be digging deep into all things word of the year and planner nerdery. And before I get too deep into all of that, I have to make a correction. I already recorded the Q&A portion of this podcast and I was referencing something called the unschedule, but I could not remember what author I had learned it from. So I went and dug around in my books and come to find out I totally had it wrong, I guessed. Because at the time that I got this book many years ago, decades ago, I was really into productivity and I was reading a lot of books on how to overcome procrastination and how to make the most of your time. So they all kind of blur together. But this particular thing that has stuck with me for decades, this thing called the unschedule, I learned it from an author called Neil Fiore and the name of his book is The Now Habit. And I'm a person who likes to give credit where credit is due. So shout out to Neil Fiore and his book, The Now Habit. It's amazing how you can learn one thing from a book. And then it just becomes a part of your whole shtick if you're a podcaster like me. But really a part of my practice for decades. Literally. It's so cool. I'm a self-taught person. I'm a book nerd. Most of what I have learned, I have learned not just from reading books, but then applying the principles that I'm learning about and putting them into practice. So more than even being a book nerd, I'm an experiential learner. And the things that stick are the things that work. And I also just want to say, before you listen to whatever advice I'm going to dish out during this podcast, not everything that works for me will work for you. I'm just offering it up in the spirit of sharing and with the hope that it'll resonate with someone. I still think anytime you're having a conversation about planner nerdery and scheduling and word of the year stuff, it's fun. I don't know how many times I say nerd in this episode, but I think it's a lot. (laughs) 
I'm a nerd about a lot of things. And if I ever refer to you as a nerd, please consider that a compliment. To me, it is the highest compliment. I think of a nerd as someone who just really gets into something and is super like over the top enthusiastic about it, regardless of their personality. You don't have to be bubbly and loud to be enthusiastic, but someone who just really dives deep into something, that to me is a nerd. And then speaking of being a nerd, that little thing that I read at the beginning before my intro, that was me reading my own tweet because I, in addition to being a planner nerd, I'm also a Twitter nerd. I love Twitter. So that was me reading my own tweet about the summer solstice because I liked what I said. I agree with myself. And I actually wanted to make that point that because the solar cycle is much slower than the lunar cycle, you don't necessarily have to capture the energy of the summer solstice. Like now, you have quite a bit of time to do it. You will be feeling that energy for a long time. So it's a good time to do a mid-year check-in and to see where you're at in the process. If you've been working with specific New Year resolutions or goals or intentions or a word of the year to really let that illuminating energy shine some light on where you need to pick up the pace, where you need to change course, who you need to connect with to further your goals, and any skills you might need to develop to further your goals. And I also think that the summer is just such a great time to learn something new because it has a lot of childlike energy to me. I guess I associate summer with children because summer, when I was growing up, was the time of year where we all just got let loose on the world. School was out, and most of my childhood memories that are really fun or even outrageous, they happened in the summertime. And there was a lot of peer-to-peer learning that happened and a lot of spending time out in nature. So I really associate the summer with children. It makes me think of the sun card with the little baby riding on the horse, like with the sun shining. And to me, learning is going back to that childlike state and letting yourself be childlike, letting yourself be bad at something at first and approaching life from a beginner's mind. And if you're in that space right now and if you're feeling like, yeah, I do want to learn something new, particularly if it relates to a big long-term goal you have, like some new skill you want to learn or some way you need to develop your body to be able to achieve that goal or whatever it is, I think this is a good time to do it. And something I would recommend is to embark upon your learning journey in the spirit of how you do anything is how you do everything. And to use your planner, if you do use a planner, to use it to track your progress Because what you'll find is that in the beginning, if you're truly new to something, you will suck at it. (laughs) And it could bring up a lot of irritation or a lot of resistance or even a lot of fatigue. Like you can be like, I am too tired to do that thing. Whatever it is, just take note of it and start tracking not just your progress, but how you feel along the journey. Because as you do, you'll start to notice your own personal inner energetic patterns of how you learn new things and what that process is like for you so that the next time you encounter something new or you're trying to learn something from the very beginning, you're familiar with how that goes. You're like, yes, this is the phase in which I want to punch everyone because I'm super irritated and out of my element and it makes me grumpy or this is the phase where I just want to numb out or check out because I'm feeling resistance and I feel overwhelmed and so I just want to play video games all the time you start noticing that and tracking that and what's fun is if you can make it through the early challenging stages and you start developing some proficiency you'll start to notice how the feeling words change you start to feel stronger You start to feel empowered. You start to develop some muscle. And by the time you're accomplishing the thing, it's almost like the accomplishment is beside the fact because of who you've become in the process. 
And I just think it's exciting to be able to see that laid out on paper and be like, wow, look how far I've come. And then to take that with you going forward into any, any new things you want to try. Something that I have done in recent years around the summertime is I give a theme to my summer. And sometimes I share it here, sometimes I don't. This year I will share it with you. I am calling this year's season my self-worth summer because worthy is my word of the year. And I've really dialed that down to self-respect. Shortly after choosing or feeling like I was chosen by the word worthy for 2022, it kept leading me to this idea of self-respect. And I definitely want to do a dedicated episode about that, what that means to me. But my self-worth summer is about leaning into the physical component of what self-respect means to me in terms of how I take care of my physical home and the yard and my body and the way that I look, the difference I feel when I treat myself, the way that I physically look and my home is kept with self-respect. So that's what I'm going to do. And I started doing themes because I found myself dreading summer. Summer is my least favorite time of the year. I hate that heavy, lethargic feeling I get when it's hot. We don't have air conditioning in my home and I park my car out in an alley so it's very hot. Like when you get in the car, it's like stepping into an oven and that feeling is just not my favorite. So I tend to dread the summer. So I started giving my summer's themes to make myself feel excited about it and engaged with it in the way that I felt when I was a kid. And I find it's actually a really useful time to do some shadow work too because of the way the sun casts long shadows in the summer and the way we might be hiding out in the shade from the sun. It's definitely a time to contemplate the shadows if you're a person that struggles with the energy of summer. So I just wanted to throw that out there too as a suggestion. These are all just fun suggestions. So happy summer solstice to those of you in the northern hemisphere, to those of you in the southern hemisphere. Happy winter solstice. You may be doing your own planner nerd stuff too right now. I love to do it on either solstice, on both. So hopefully you'll find things here that are applicable to you as well. All right, everybody, let's just get into it. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. So the way the brave works, the way the survey works, is I always do two multiple choice questions, and then I force people to pick one option, the closest option to however they're feeling right now. And then the third question is just open-ended, and that's the one that ends up shaping the body of the podcast. But these first multiple choice ones are interesting because it just kind of gives us a sense of what the general vibe is at the moment. So that's why I do that. And usually like twice the number of people do the multiple choice options and then skip out on the fill in the blank portion, which is good because this would be like a five hour podcast otherwise. (laughs) I'm pretty long winded in case you haven't noticed. So here we go. Question number one. Did you set a specific intention or series of goals at the top of the year? 45% of people said, yes, I'm all about New Year resolutions. 15% said, I did, but it was only a passing moment of enthusiasm. 35% said, I chose a word or tarot card of the year in order to work with that energy, but I did not make any concrete plans. And 5% said, nope. I just take life as it comes. Question number two. How has your year in relationship to your goals or lack thereof shaped up so far? 15% said, as someone who just takes life as it comes, I don't give these things much thought. 5% said, I am nowhere near accomplishing what I set out to do. 30% said, I fell off track there for a while, but I'm getting my focus back and I'm excited to start creating some new momentum. 
35% said, I am right on schedule and feeling great about the progress I've made so far. And 15% said, it's probably time for me to release those old goals and start over with a new intention. If that's you, if you're relating to that, that it's time to release the old goals that you set at the top of the year and to start a new intention, consider this full permission to do that. Do it. Start over. You get as many start overs as you like. I am a big fan of staying committed to a goal or committed to a word of the year and seeing it all the way through, but nobody says you have to do that. There's no rule of life that says you have to do that. If your word is not serving you or your goals are not serving you, I think it's totally fine to start again. It might be interesting to figure out why because something is out of alignment. Either you selected goals that are out of alignment with who you are now, or maybe from an egotistical place, you thought, oh, that would be so cool, but it didn't really match your personality or your soul's desire, or maybe the timing just wasn't right. So it's good, I think, to just take a pause and be like, well, why didn't that work? It could just be you didn't give it any energy. You just got caught up in the usual habits of your life and it just kind of fell by the wayside. But I would say if that's important to you, if the goal fell by the wayside because of some really ingrained habits, but you still care about it, it's totally worth dusting it off and picking it back up and and trying again. And then maybe putting some support in place to help support yourself while you are changing your habits, which is really, really challenging. And again, goes back to what I was saying about learning. Setting a new habit in place is quite difficult. We tend to really resist that. And so it's great to pick one thing at a time and go super micro with it. Break it down into its smallest component. And again, in that spirit of how you do anything is how you do everything. Like make it achievable, make it small and realize how powerful your habits are. And once you change one habit and you really get a new habit in its place, you get a healthier or better aligned replacement habit in place, then you can start stacking habits and you can start doing that in other areas. But even just changing one can end up changing everything. It's pretty magical. So just a little encouragement for those of you who are in that place right now. And then question number three is, do you have a question, comment, or brief story you would like to share about goal setting, using a planner, or working with a word of the year? And then I always encourage people to sign with a funny pseudonym. They can use their real name too if they want, but I love a good pseudonym. Most people end up choosing the anonymous option. (laughs) But we're moving now into the portion, I think, that is the most fun of doing these podcasts. So enjoy. This is episode 91 of The Brave. Comment number one is Anonymous. Anonymous says, My goals are usually health-centric. Business-related goals seem to come easier, but health, food, and exercise are constant challenges to be worked towards, especially as I get older. We only get one body. That is true. But I think the cool thing about the bodies that we have is that to some degree, they can be self-regenerating if you create the proper conditions for that. And I think that's exciting because there's so much you can do to improve your health. Of course, we are all going to age and we're not going to stay on this planet forever but I do think that that is a great thing to set goals around because ideally you want to stick around for as long as possible but also with as much health as possible. I think it's really important now to think about quality maybe even more than quantity because medical interventions can extend your life for such a long time but I personally I know family members who really have suffered my grandma the last decade of her life before she passed away last fall was really not a life at all it was misery she was so uncomfortable and 
that really inspired me to really want to take care of my health. And I'm very excited that my parents are really stepping it up. My dad's always been super sporty and my mom kind of is off and on with it. But I'm happy to see my mom hiking and eating healthy because... I really believe that focusing on the quality of life is so important. And I feel like it's much easier than the wellness industry makes it out to be. I feel like it's so basic when you focus on eating whole foods as close to being in their natural state as possible and using lots of herbs and spices and learning what your body likes and what your body doesn't like and it can be a whole process it doesn't have to be some like regimented structured program that you just basically are failing at all the time because it's so confining and I think the same about exercise I think when we frame exercise more as movement and we find an exercise that we love that actually brings us joy because it's fun it's so much more sustainable. It's so much more sustainable. And I'm saying all this not to preach at you. I'm saying it because I am a health nerd. <laughs> I actually love it. I get a kick out of it. It has set me free. I think I enjoy it because long ago, I suffered with a lot of anxiety and depression that was visceral. It was in my body and it was really beyond mental health. It was in my physical body and changing that, overcoming those states, learning how to use diet and supplementation. It was so life-changing for me and I'm in such gratitude because it's in such extreme contrast to what my life was like before. That's why I'm such a nerdy cheerleader about it. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting that you said that business-related goals seem to come easier to you because it might be interesting to dial into why that is. Like what makes it easier? And then can you take what that is when you get to the root of what makes it easier? And then can you apply it to any health challenges? Can you take the essence of what makes it easier? Kind of like I was saying that health is fun for me. <laughs> it's fun. I nerd out on this stuff. I love it. I love it. So maybe you can tap into what it is that makes business goals easier and then apply it to your health goals. Comment number two is from Ni Chole, the nickname I was given at work. <laughs> okay, I actually know that this is Nicole who I did have on the podcast at some point to talk about planner nerdery. We had a like battle of the planner nerds episode that we did back in the day. And I feel like it's okay to tell you her real name because she actually put her Instagram handle in here. She is bulldogs and planners on Instagram, bulldogs and planners on Instagram. Nichol A says, my card of the year is the hermit, and I feel like I'm on track with the spiritual journey I've embarked upon with joining a coven. My goal is to finish my first degree within the next year and a half because eventually I want to get my third degree and hive off with my own coven. Those are long-term goals that I'm working on the foundations for right now. I feel like the hermit is helping me reflect on my goals and desires in my spiritual life and making me re-examine what I truly want. Why, yes, that is very hermity, and I love a long-term goal. I love to see someone who has that far-reaching vision and then can just calmly, patiently, one step at a time, chip away at it because the time is going to pass anyways, and you'll get there sooner probably than you think you will, not you, Nicole, specifically, but just anyone, so you might as well do what Nicole said and, and lay that foundation. And I can totally see you leading your own coven. So yes, that's super cool. Does anybody listening have a card of the year that you're working with? You totally can hit me up on Twitter anytime. But if you want to specifically tell me what card of the year you are working on and you actually want me to see your comment on Instagram, it's probably best to leave it under 
the post that goes with this episode because I don't hang out there like I do on Twitter. I pop in a couple of times a week. I'm still trying to decide what I think about Instagram. I'm not sure. I do know I love the carousel feature. (laughs) It's the only thing I love right now. It's what I enjoy doing. And then I'll show up there to do a little post for the episodes that I do. But I do not use reels or stories. I still don't entirely know the difference between a reel and a story. And I don't hang out there and scroll. So if you want me to see your comment, just pop it in underneath this post that goes with this episode. And I would love to hear about it. And then otherwise, always. Always you can shout at me on Twitter because I love it there. I think that is the secret to everything. Find what you love and lean into it. And I also think that this ties into Nicole's share about working with the hermit and having this long-term vision because I know from knowing Nicole from the hippie witch community for such a long time that she is a person that takes great joy in all the things she does as a mother, as a D&D player, gamer, what do you call D&D people? As a woman who plays D&D, as a voracious book nerd, she's always super passionate about whatever she's doing. In fact, she's like an ambassador of passion planners. The passion planner, I think is what it was called. (laughs) That was what our episode was about at the time I was using something called the legend planner and she was using the passion planner and so we like pit our planners against each other and had a little friendly argument about which was better and I just talked to her about the planner she's using and I know for a fact it's still the passion planner so consistency, passion, love, she definitely leans into those things and I think that is the secret to what I think is a successful life. A successful life, in my opinion, is a life that you enjoy. So more power to you, Nicole, and I can't wait to watch you go start your own coven. It's going to be badass. You're going to be great at it. Comment number three is again anonymous, but with a lot of emojis. Anonymous with a lot of emojis says, I love the brave. I wish I was a planner nerd, but I don't stick to it. Despite my beautiful journals. Lots of love to you, Joe. Oh, thank you so much, Anonymous, with all of the emojis. Lots of love to you, too. And I love the brave. That's why I wanted to do a special edition of the brave. And now that I'm in the midst of it, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> There's something magical about the brave. So one, I'm very excited to share it with the general public. And two, the wheels are already turning like, when can I do this again? Because it's fun. It's just fun to feel like more of a community conversation is happening as opposed to me just sort of like standing on a pedestal and pontificating. I am a pontificator, but (laughs) it's nice to bring some other voices in. So yay, I'm glad you like it. I do too. Anonymous strikes again. Comment number four is from Anonymous and Anonymous says, why is it so hard to set and attain goals? I'm looking for an easier way to set and keep track of goals. I think it's a discipline thing or maybe it's just wanting something exciting to motivate me into action. I can't say specifically why it's so, there's a lot of O's there, like 10 O's, why it's so hard for you specifically to set and attain goals, but I can guess. It's interesting that the word attain is in there because I think setting attainable goals is key. Sometimes it's really tempting to set exciting, super inspiring goals about this ideal life that you wanna have, but it's so far removed from the life that you currently are living that self-defeat is kind of built into it. It's just too far of a stretch. So 
it's cool to have a humongous big goal like that, something really aspirational, but then you need to break it down into teeny tiny little micro chunks that are measurable and attainable. I think both are important, being able to measure the goal. How will I know if I've achieved this goal? And I'm a big fan of focusing on process over product, over the end product. So if you literally make the process your goal instead of the end product, then you're achieving and you're attaining your goal every single day or every single time that you engage with that process. And what I like to do is when I'm just starting out, like let's say I want to start a process habit and it's something maybe, I'll say writing because I know there's a lot of writers listening to the podcast. You want to be a writer. You want to be an author. Instead of saying, I'm going to write two hours a day when you aren't writing at all right now, what you do is you set an attainable process goal where you say, I am going to write for 15 minutes first thing in the morning after I make my cup of coffee. I'm going to set a timer on my phone and I'm going to write for those 15 minutes. And then you do that for a very long time, for many, many, many weeks until it's so comfortable. You could do it in your sleep. You've moved through all the resistance that comes up when you set a new goal. And then you just bump it out a little bit. Then you move it to 20 minutes. Then you move it to 30. Then a whole hour. And in six months, you build up to your goal of writing for two hours a day. And it's so attainable when you focus on doing it that way. And again, you get that reward of every single day you're reaching your goal because you're focused on process. You're not focused on the end result, which is I'm going to write the great American novel. It's I'm going to write for 15 minutes every single day. Another thing that you might find helpful is something I talk about all the time and every time I do, I forget who I learned it from and please forgive me because I'm forgetting now. <laughs> I definitely learned this from a man and from a book, but it was so long ago, like in my early 20s, which was a very long time ago, but it's called The Unschedule. It might be from a book called Get Stuff Done. Regardless, The Unschedule. You write a master list. You use the word exciting. Like maybe you need something exciting to motivate you into action. So your unschedule would be like one of those long grocery lists. And you write a bunch of actions that you want to take that feel exciting. That would move you toward your goal. And then you only get to write it in your planner when it's done. You don't write it down in your planner. And then at the end of the day, if you don't get it done, then you feel like crap about yourself and you've, you've marred the page on your planner. Then you have to like scratch it out and write it on a different day. And it takes a little chip out of your self-esteem. With the unschedule method, when you only get to write it in your planner when it's done, then you don't have any of that feeling bad about yourself going on and you get the reward. I like to use colored ink because I'm girly like that. I use pink, purple, and turquoise ink. And when I get something done on my little list, I cross it off the list and then I write it into my planner. Also because I'm very girly, smiley faces are involved, hearts and stars. I'm, I'm very immature like that. I never outgrew the hearts and stars and flower phase of being a little girl. And to me, I think I'd like to indulge my inner child that way. That's part of the reward and it works. And it's exciting and it's fun when at the end of the day, I have a bunch of things written into my planner that I did. Appointments are different, but because of the nature of what I do, people sometimes cancel on me. So instead of writing in my planner in ink, what I will often do is I'll write it on a little post-it note when I have an appointment. And if the appointment happens, again, I, I take the post-it note off and then I write it in ink. So it just becomes this whole reward process. And I also love that it keeps me really engaged with my planner. And then my planner is a source of support. It's supporting me all through the day, which is why I buy myself a fancy planner. I feel like I deserve it because I really 
use it. I make the most of it. So that was a whole lot of tangent for a little comment. But anyway, there you go. I love to talk about this stuff. So thank you for your comment. And Anonymous strikes again. Anonymous says, I started working with the lunar phases. Time for planning, action, releasing, and resting each month. And I can see how drastic the lunar rhythm is to my life. I have a planner, Bringing the Wild Within, I made four years ago. And there has been a missing element to that. So it finally clicked. I now have all the pieces for the book planner and oracle deck to be continued. I know my quote-unquote plans are guided by my higher self. So often I just have to wait for the invitation following my human design to follow through. I have been a pusher most of my life and I'm seeing how even quote-unquote procrastinating has led to insights and more perfect timing than I could have even imagined. So yes, I love planning goals, and control, LOL, yet I also am in practice of waiting and releasing for divine timing. Yes, this is all so relatable, and I am right there with you. I, too, love planning, goals, and control, and I'm also in the practice of waiting and releasing for divine timing, and I love that you framed it as a practice because that's very much what it is for me. I am in practice. I feel I'm at the beginning of this practice. I think it started for me in the fall of 2020 when I let a launch go that I was in the process of, but because that brought up a lot of shame and weird feelings for me, there was a lot to work through and Ram Das saved me. <laughs> I started listening to a lot of Ram Das. I actually did an online course through, I don't know if it's called the Ram Das Institute, but let's just call it the Ram Das Institute, whatever organization is continuing his work. And that was really healing and really helpful and got me into this very groovy flowy place where I really started practicing divine timing and it just so happens that we are working with the Empress right now on Patreon for those of you who are hanging out at the journey tier and talking about the Empress has brought up a lot of conversation around this as well because I feel like that's the Empress card that's her domain is divine timing and I think that takes a lot of practice. Speaking of practice, you have to build trust. And I don't think that trust is there for a lot of us because our culture does not teach us these things. When we're young, we are definitely raised more in an emperor culture. You might want to call it the patriarchy in which we are rewarded for planning and goals and control. And so not striving feels weird it feels unnatural and then learning to lean into like a softer more receptive energy I feel like it takes time to get used to that but the good news is is it seems to me that right away amazing things start happening and the more the amazing things start happening some manifestation that you have long wanted it comes through the more things like that that start happening the more trust you develop and build and I do think this is key to the manifestation process for anyone who's listening who wants to become a really badass manifester it sounds counterintuitive, but surrendering and letting go and allowing divine timing to do its thing is a key ingredient in that process. And I honestly think so much of the manifestation process is just getting out of our own way. I feel like the things we want are like circling around us all the time that we actually want them because they're for us. We desire what is meant for us, but then we have all this shadow, we have all these weird programs that are put in place, and we are raised to be so controlling that we just push it away. And then the minute we stop pushing and trying to make something happen, then it just gently comes in. It's fascinating the way this stuff works. So thank you very much for your comment. 
that was a fun thing to explore, particularly when we're talking about planning. And again, this also goes back to my love of the unschedule because then you can kind of go with the energy of the day and how you're feeling. So you don't wake up one day and it's like, I have to do X, Y, Z, which you might have to do if you have a day job and you work for someone else. I'm speaking purely of your own creative and personal goals or if you're an entrepreneur who gets to set your own timing to things, you don't wake up like, oh, I have to do X, Y, Z, but that's just not the energy of the day. Those aren't the opportunities that are presenting themselves. And quite frankly, I don't feel like it. It's so much more free to look at this very loose grocery list style list of things that you want to get done, but that you will get done in divine timing. You pick the one that feels the most right in the moment, the most energetically aligned, and then you do that and then you get to write it in your planner and you get that little ding, 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 that little reward from writing it down. And I find everything ends up getting done anyway, just maybe not in the order that I thought it should. The next comment is from someone calling themselves Hermione Not Required. Hermione Not Required says, I love, love, love the three-month year legend planners you suggested. I was always the type that tried to jam in so much that only a person with the assistance of a time turner could actually accomplish. The three-month planner really forces me to break things down and makes checking off those boxes a realistic possibility. I also use a, and this is spelled like right, and ritual put together, ritual. I also use a ritual planner for my daily tarot practice, which has been an effective check-in on where I am at emotionally alongside my goals. Wow, that planner sounds so cool. You should share a picture of it in our Discord group because we're a bunch of planner nerds and I'm sure I'm not the only one who would love to see that. Of course, I can just Google it. Anybody listening who wants to Google it, it is W-R-I-T-U-A-L. I think that is so cool. And the thing that Hermione Not Required is talking about, the, the Legend Planner is just one of many planners that you can get that is quarterly or 90 days or three months, those are the planners I started using when I got into something called the 12-week year. I forget the author's name, but the 12-week year basically has you look at a 12-week-long period as an entire year. So each week is a month. And the beautiful thing about this is when you really break down your goals in that way and you chip away at them, looking at each week as a month, it is extraordinary what you can accomplish in the same amount of time that you would have with a 365-day year. I don't know why. There's just some magic to it. I think maybe we are not built to think that long term organizationally at least and there's something about taking it in a smaller chunk of time that makes it so much more achievable accessible easier to wrap your head around I just find it to be so useful so if you are someone who struggles with your year-long goals or keeping a planner it's definitely worth checking out the 12-week year as Hermione not required, just so perfectly demonstrated. So thank you for that. That was really fun. Steph C. Steph says, I love using planners for personal goals and to track my progress along the way. However, I realized at the beginning of this spring, I needed something that was a bit more in my face to remind me of my daily goals. I ended up getting a pretty large framed chalkboard. I hung it in my kitchen so I would walk by it a million times a day. I bought a bunch of liquid chalk pins in all the colors so I could have fun writing out or drawing out my daily goals. And I love it. For me, someone who is easily distracted, the giant in-my-face chalkboard has become a real game changer. When I complete the chalkboard goals, then they can go in the journal. And I love that part too. Thanks for the awesome planning tips, Joe. Oh, that is 
cool. First of all, I have never heard of liquid chalk pens. So there's another thing to Google. That sounds awesome. I'm obsessed with this idea. What a cool idea. I love it so much. And you also are getting that kind of reward that I keep talking about with the unscheduled. Like once it's done, then you get to erase it from your chalkboard and write it in your planner. This is brilliant. I love this idea so much. And again, if you're hanging out on Discord, you should share a photo because I definitely want to see this chalkboard. How cute. How fun. What an awesome way to figure out, too, what works for you. And I would recommend that to anybody listening. Find what works for you. If you can't plug into someone else's system, try out a bunch of different systems and take what does work for you. Take the piece that works for you and then put together a system of your own. The idea is your planner or your chalkboard or whatever it is, it's meant to serve you. It is your servant and it is in service to you. It's supposed to make your life easier. If it's making you feel bad about yourself or it feels like a taskmaster or just another thing you have to do, you have not landed on the right system, my friend. Maybe there is not a right system for you. Maybe some people can function without a planner. It's just something that I personally am passionate about because it's made my life so much better. And I know a large part of that is because I am an entrepreneur, I'm a single mom, and my day largely depends on me. I have to put structure in my day and I have to keep track of what's going on to keep everything moving in a semi-orderly fashion. So I find that if you make your own schedule, having some kind of planner is super useful. Next up, Alia, aka Little Miss Planning to Plan, says, Normally, I get into a new year hot out of the gate with lots of plans, but I had a lot of resistance come up with a theme and goals for this year. It was weird, but... I am proud of my return this year to my paper calendar, a Moleskine Weekly, where I've actually been pretty good at writing down appointments and checking in on to-dos. I live off of my Google Calendar, but it's so ephemeral. I feel like time and what I do with it simply goes poof. Having the paper record helps me feel connected into what's happening. I usually have more energy this time of year, so it's great timing to tap into some planner energy. I'm definitely missing the sense of purpose that having goals or at least ideas written down provides. P.S. The to-done list is brilliant and I love it. Your friend in goal, focusedness, Alia, a.k.a. Little Miss Planning to Plan, yes! The to-done list, the unscheduled, it is. It's so brilliant. I wish it were my idea, but it wasn't. And you know what's interesting? There have been studies about writing in paper planners that apparently point to the fact that writing by hand on paper lights up more of your brain and it improves your memory. So in addition to having a recorded record, It has those benefits too. And for those of you who are not able to write out on paper by hand for some reason, I have also heard it said that if you use on a digital planner like different colors and shapes and like little online stickers and things like that, that it actually has some of those benefits as well. I think it was Nicole who actually was using a digital planner that looks just like an in-person physical analog planner. It had all the stickers and cute little washi tape looking things and it was pretty cool. So that's an interesting thing to consider if you're not a paper person or you're not able to write by hand for some reason. I like having the paper record too, Alia, because I like to go back and check in with myself and see where I was at in the process. Sometimes I don't realize how far I've come until I turn back to an old planner and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally manifested that thing or that happened or wow, I feel so much better than I was feeling that day. 
<laughs> it's super helpful. I like having the record, although I don't like having it laying around for other people to find. I have burned planners in the past because I didn't want other people to read them and then I regretted it because I love my planner because I love to check in. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem I have because I do love it. But also I'm super private about it because I like to get like down and dirty and be super honest about how I feel. It's a bit like a journal in that way. And I, I just happen to know that you're a very busy person and you have a lot going on. So it's interesting to hear from you in regards to planning and, and how you get things done because I know you get a lot done. So thank you very much, Miss Alia. Well, this is very interesting. I have a comment from Anonymous. Again, Anonymous loves me. <laughs> but at the end of the comment, it says, not sure if I'd like you to share this, but wanted to write something. And there's a little heart emoji. So I will not share what you wrote, Anonymous. And actually, that weirdly ties into what I was just saying to Alia. It's like you want to say the truth, but maybe you don't want everyone to hear it. And I can respect that. But thank you for filling out the survey anyway. Thank you very much. Oh boy, this one is long. And I know this person. This person is a talker and this person is a writer. So I'm going to take a deep breath. <sighs> and try not to trip over my tongue because the cozy witch is here. The Cozy Witch says, my words of the year are resilience and trust, and I have been wearing them like a cloak of protection. I am right on schedule, albeit divine schedule. The first half of my year felt very slow and uncomfortable at times. At the start, I was not sure how long it would take me to manifest my intentions into reality. There was a hopeful piece of me that thought things would come together in a much faster timeline. But alas, I am on spirit's time regardless of my wishful thinking. Trust. The first half of my year was spent in a deep healing space. Think hermit card vibes. After moving out of my home of 17 years, I had nothing but time. I was completely out of my element, living in a new space with people who do not share my brand of spirituality. I did a lot of soul searching, journal work, and I had to pare down my spiritual practice into a very confined and limited space. I had to figure out how I could still work my magic and intentions without having it done in the open and with its usual flair. It has not always been an easy journey. It has been like stuffing my usually over-the-top magical self into a tiny unused broom closet that even the brooms don't fit into. Resilience. I spent a lot of time with my kids in our bedroom. Four people, one bed. Hello! And out in nature once the weather was nicer. I read about a dozen juicy novels just for the fun of it, and the kids watched about a million movies. Even though that sounds unproductive, that's just how it was meant to be. If I hadn't felt guided into this, I might have thought that we made a mistake entering into this cutthroat market. Trust. Even with my limited space and resources, I manifested the house of our dreams at a price point that, in this housing market, is unheard of. All in divine timing. Resilience. We are gearing up now to move once more and the spirit of summer has me fired up and ready for our next adventure. Here's to the second half of the year. Go in beauty, friends. Peace, the cozy witch. I'm so happy for you. I honestly don't know how you did it. Although you just perfectly explained how you did it. You did it in trust and in the spirit of resilience. But having to pack up your own spirituality to be in a home where you have to hide your spirituality and then share a bed with three other people for months on end. Wow, I'm just so impressed. And look what you did. It really is a cutthroat housing market right now across the country. So this is an amazing manifestation and a testament to your magic. 
even in the broom closet. Look how magical you are. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you, Cozy Witch. I'm going to take a pause here from reading comments to let you all know that all summer long I am running a special called Self Worth Summer. I have two audio journeys that I sell. One is called The Magic Star and one is called Shadow Love. Each one is a series of podcasts, so if you like my style, you might like these. The Magic Star is focused on talking about my personal formula for magic, and Shadow Love is focused on my approach to shadow work, which has to do with learning to embrace and accept and maybe even love your shadow. And you can get 50% off either when you put in self-worth, one word, self-worth at checkout. It'll just automatically roll 50% off the price. And there will be links to that in the show notes. But also you can find them over on Gumroad or my website. Again, one is called The Magic Star and the other is called Shadow Love. And I love them both. And in case you missed it the first time, the code is self-worth written as one word all lowercase self-worth when you put that in at checkout it will roll 50 percent off the price of either the magic star or shadow love or both if you do decide to do either one of these audio journeys i would love to hear about it i love to talk about these things with people it's super fun for me so do not feel shy in reaching out i will be more than happy to hear from you and if you have any questions also don't be shy reach out and i'll get back to you as soon as i can okay back to the survey we have a few comments left and another one here from Anonymous, the many faces of Anonymous. This face says, in 2020, you helped turn my planner shame into planner joy by explaining the unscheduling method. I've since come up with a custom bullet journal spread that I use to jot notes, always in pencil, of what I might do, and then I keep the items I actually accomplish and erase and move the others to later or never. In this same time period, I've moved away from setting future goals to instead having a constant goal of being present and enjoying beauty, family, experiences, existence in the now. I am no longer making plans for my future self that when I get there, make me cross with my past self for setting myself up that way. I hate authority, even when it's me. One more note on my Bujo, Bujo, bullet journal, get it, Bujo, okay, that's too cute. One more note on my Bujo spread. I do a week per spread, but the five workdays are on the left, and I try to keep them very light, whereas the real unscheduling slash recording happens on the right page where I get to write in the me things I'm accomplishing on the weekend. Thank you for more planner content. I love it. I love it too. I'm having so much fun and maybe nothing thrills me more than somebody actually tried something I suggested and it worked. Hello. My ego is so proud right now. And again, I did not create the unscheduling method, but I am an ambassador. (laughs) I'm an evangelist for the unscheduling method because I think it's so useful and I really, really love what you said about moving away from future goals to instead having one constant goal of just being really present and enjoying your life, the beauty, your family, experiences, like living in the now. That is genius. That's amazing. That's freedom, in my opinion. That's real freedom. So I'm very pleased to read your comment. And I think other people will get something out of it too. So thank you for sharing that. Auntie Murr! Auntie Murr returns with a comment. Here we are. Auntie Murr says, I don't think that's how she wants me to pronounce it, but I can't not pronounce it that way. I have to say, Auntie Murr! It's the rule. It's what my brain tells me to do. (laughs) She says, choosing a word to work with 
for the year or any amount of time might sound frivolous, but in fact, it's like staring into the abyss and daring whatever waits across the vast expanse to notice you. The word that you choose is the shape of the bolts that will strike down your tower so that you may rebuild with a stronger foundation. Choose wisely. Signed, Haunted by Joy. <laughs> oh, haunted by Joy, Auntie Murr. I know her word of the year is joy and that she has been struggling with that. And yes, actually, that is sometimes how the word of the year works. It shows you all the ways you are not joy. This is how it has worked for me many, many times. I pick a word of the year because I think it's going to be a fun one to work with. And then it ends up schooling me. They all end up schooling me. It's such a process and to anybody who decides to work with a word of the year or maybe a tarot card of the year, hang with it. Like keep it in mind. Write it all over your planner. Put it on a post-it note and stick it on the bathroom mirror and really stay committed to exploring that word, looking at your life through that lens and let it teach you and it will. It will. It, it may sound frivolous, as Auntie Mer said, but it is so not. It can be such a cool, transformative experience. This is why I am such a groovy person, because groovy was my word of the year a couple years ago. And for much of that year, I was not groovy at all. I had to learn how to be groovy in the flow and divinely guided. And I'm still working with that word. There are words that have stuck with me maybe for life, but for a very long time. Queen was one of the most profound words. That's how we ended up getting the Queen program that I ran for quite a few years after 2016, the year of the Queen. It was just a personal word of the year, but I learned so much that by the end of the year, I was like, this is a program. This can help other women. And so I turned everything I learned into the Queen program, which is not currently available. I'm just saying, sometimes a word is like a whole university unto itself. So I'm excited to hear how joy feels to you at the end of the year, because that's something also I have found is as the year is coming to a close, I often feel like, hold on, I'm just getting the hang of it. I'm finally just now stepping into this energy and understanding what it is. And then it's time to pick a new word and I'm not ready to stop. And that's when a word ends up sticking with me and I will pick a new word. I always feel like they pick me. I don't feel like I pick it. I feel like it picks me in some sort of mysterious, magical process. It just occurs to me one day and something inside says, yep, that's it. That's my word of the year. Here we go. And so here I am. My word of the year is worthy. Auntie Murr's word of the year is joy. And no doubt by the time November rolls around in December, we will have a different take on those words than we do right now. Okay, Carly. Carly, you always sign with a blue heart emoji, and I kind of love it. Carly says, I work more with micro goals in monthly increments than in terms of years, but love a good word of the year. This year, my word is moon. Setting monthly goals to work towards and organizing my home during the waxing phase of the moon has been working for me. I also look forward to relaxing, getting rid of that which no longer serves me, and clearing space for growth during the waning cycle. I have the interview for the job on Tuesday, June 21st. It's a goal I've been working towards, and to reach this level this close to the halfway point of the year is nothing other than divine timing. I am grateful. To be continued Carly. I'm so glad you shared the date with us, June 21st. Everyone, hold Carly in your heart for a moment. 
June 21st. So she rocks this interview and she gets this job because that would be amazing. Although I have a feeling you don't even need it, Carly. You feel very much like you've got this and like you feel like you've got this. And that's really nice to see. I love to see somebody who's just sitting in that energy like, yes, this is mine. Here we go. I'm so grateful. This is awesome. And I love the way you break down the waxing and the waning moon cycles. I think following the cycles of the moon is great because a moon cycle is so quick compared to the solar year. I do like working with the solar year and I take it more in terms of seasons. I like to work season by season by season, but I also definitely see the power in going moon to moon, especially when you break it down like this, using the waxing phase to organize your home and set your goals and then using the waning phase to clear space for what you're calling in to get rid of that which no longer serves and to rest maybe we all need a little more rest and maybe working with the moon cycles can help us tap in to that rhythm create rest create rest rest reassess integrate process I love that you make space for that. So that was awesome. Thank you, Carly. And then finally, White Knuckle Wanda. White Knuckle Wanda says, Normally, I would have set some sort of intention. But my only intention for this year, because of massive personal change, is get through it, woman. So far, so good. Signed, White Knuckle Wanda. Okay, White Knuckle Wanda, get through it, woman. Get through it. You can do it. You can do hard things. That's one of my favorite mantras. I can do hard things. And it sounds like you have a handle on it. And I hope at some point it eases up and you don't have to white knuckle it. And that you can just be in ease and flow and move through those personal changes in a way that has you loosening your grip and really leaning into it and feeling very at peace with the entire process. So this is our episode today. I hope you enjoyed this. I'm already in the back of my mind thinking, we have to do this again. We have to do this again. I definitely want to do a dedicated episode on my word of the year. I would love to talk about the word worthy, and then also as an extension of that, specifically self-respect. I could probably just do a podcast on self-respect alone. So I think I'll do quite a few solo episodes this summer, but I also have some awesome guests coming up on the podcast, which I think is going to be amazing. And if you're loving the vibe of these comments, that's the vibe of my Patreon community. They are the most amazing people ever. So kind, so supportive, so interesting. I'm always learning something from them. So it feels weird to say my Patreon community. I feel like it's our Patreon community. If you want to check that out, my name is Joanna DeVoe. Pretty much everywhere you go and you can find me on Patreon that way. And then again, there will be links in the show notes. Until we meet again, always remember, life is change, change is magic, magic is life, and the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.